0: Well, hey there. It has been a long time since we've had a Basecamp episode, so welcome back. Uh, we actually took a break for the summer, and I don't really know when exactly we will officially come back and begin doing our Basecamp stuff, particularly with Nino headed out and all the team there. Uh, some of my attention has been drawn elsewhere, as you can imagine. But today, this is the eve of of Our anniversary as a church our three-year anniversary, and I was feeling very nostalgic today I mean very nostalgic if you know me I I'm here with Samantha. Would you say I'm <laughs> would you say that I'm nostalgic as a person?
1: Are you nostalgic as a person not really but at certain moments certain like key moments mm. I feel like it'll hit you out of nowhere but it's not like you're daily nostalgic. Like my level of nostalgia definitely surpasses yours. And that's true. Those but are
0: different things. You're
1: nostalgic at the right times.
0: This is one of those times. Yeah. This and is it. <laughs> anyway, as you can tell, Samantha here is here with me today. Um, what I thought would be a really fun thing to do is uh, if Samantha and I could just be nostalgic with you. Uh, well, not with you. You weren't there for part of the story.
1: I mean, if you were there for parts of it, maybe that's the nostalgia right. will come out. For that's you, right. But.
0: What what I wanted to do is really to think it. about and have a moment for our church to remember uh, some of our beginnings of a, of, of, as a church. How did we start? What was all of that like as we walked up to our our very first launch Sunday? What was that like? But to do so, I thought I would take you back in time. Do, 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 do. No, that's that's cre- that's <laughs> creepy music. Uh,
1: do, 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 do. <laughs>
0: Back in time. We clearly don't
1: pay anyone (laughs) for sound effects. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know.
0: Back to 2018.
1: Right, yeah. So
0: 2018, I was actually on staff at a church called Westside in Vancouver, and it was my dream job. I was working with two phenomenal men, Norm Funk and Matt Menzel, and uh, I had come on um, to help oversee a lot of the training ministry, actually to create an entire training ministry. So uh, that meant I was working with interns and uh, apprentices, uh, like pastoral apprentices, uh, and then Lord willing with church planters, people that wanted to be trained up and sent out of our church to go plant churches. And I was all in. I was like, here I am. This is a great job for the next 40 years. All I'm gonna do is train interns, uh, train pastors who want to who wanna preach and teach the Bible. And then we're gonna help send out church planters everywhere so that, I mean, that's a great way to spend 40 years. Because then instead of me preaching at one place, I'd help train, what, a hundred people over 40 years that were all preaching in a hundred different places? Like, and the exponential of that would be phenomenal. Anyway, I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah. And then I was at a missions conference and I heard our lead pastor, Norm Funk, talk about God's call on his life, uh, that that he needed to be actively involved in the regular preaching and teaching ministry of a church as the lead pastor and training and equipping church planters. And when he said that, something just hit my heart hard.
1: He said he would shrivel up and die if he Yeah, didn't.
0: something <laughs> like that. I don't know if he really <laughs> said it. That's like what that. I heard him say. And I don't know. if Norm, if you're listening, you might know. Um, but uh, man, I it hit me so hard. And I really feel like it was one of those moments where like, God, the spirit just impressed what he said onto my heart and like, was like, that's you too. And so I left that room with my head spinning because I was like, man, I'm gonna live in Vancouver till I die. I'm gonna work at this ministry for forever. I love this. I loved what I was doing. And then all of a sudden I was like, I just felt the Lord leading me to know I, I don't wanna do that. I don't have a desire to do that anymore. I wanna plant another church. And at that point we had, already planted two different churches and uh, I knew how hard that was. And I was like, all right, Lord, if you're calling me to do this, then you're going to call Samantha to do that as well. And so I went home and I don't know if it was immediately or a couple of days later after praying about it or something, but I approached Samantha and I said, hey, I have some interesting news. I said, you're going to want to sit down for this. And... I said, I know that things here are great, but I feel like God is really impressing on my heart and giving me the desire of wanting to go plant another church again. And I put some time and thought into it. Um, You know, in, in Vancouver, in the Lower Mainland, there were a number of churches that were all planting churches and there were a lot of church planters that were being raised and trained and sent out and that kind of stuff. So things were going really, really well. And I was like, man, the engine of church planting is already here. And, and so I don't want to plant here. I'd rather actually plant back in Winnipeg where Samantha and I actually had, had met and got married uh, to where she's from, all of her family. And um, I was like, because I don't know of a church in Winnipeg that exists to try to help equip, train, and send people to go plant other churches and, and to train pastors for future preaching ministry and, and interns so that men and women can explore some of their giftings and see where God is calling them to go into the future and so I was like, I, that engine of church planting and that, that engine of, of what we're wanting to do doesn't exist in a place unless somebody there starts it. And I didn't know of anyone in Winnipeg doing that. And, and so I just really had Winnipeg just put on my heart. And so I, I told Samantha, I think that the Lord is calling us to go back to Winnipeg. <laughs> When I said those words, yeah. what immediately came to your mind? Well, I just mind? I
1: just remember the pause. You actually said, "And I think I know where." Oh, and then there was like there this was a pause? dramatic pause, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my goodness, Africa! What, what is he about to say?"
0: <laughs> Nigeria.
1: Well, no, I actually maybe would have Abigami. been more like on board with that. <laughs> I think when we left, I just, I, there was this sense of like, we're leaving to church plant and I love my friends and my family here, but I just knew that part of church planting meant leaving behind your friends and family. And so I had come to terms with that. Um, so the place I was at mentally and emotionally was like, just at peace with the fact that we were not going to live near my family. And Mm -hmm. so almost like bringing that up and like, I don't know, I just was so unsure. It was never an option I thought that we would pursue, I guess. And so... Yeah, my first reaction. And I loved Vancouver. I mean, I loved the mountains and the ocean. There's I had made some good friends. Oceans. So when he said that, well, when I when I would go out talking with people, they'd be like, oh, you just moved here? Like, are you planning on staying? And I literally would say, I'm going to die here. Like, I was so dramatic about <laughs> it. But I really meant it because, you know, Montreal was a different kind of, yeah, situation. Uh, it felt less permanent. Whereas this, I'm like, I love it here. Maybe here first. Anyways, when you said that, I was like, heck no, is what I said out loud. <laughs> that was my <laughs> first reaction. So,
0: Which is a, as a budding church planter, when you share with your wife that you're thinking about moving somewhere in the location and she says, heck no, as the first <laughs> option, you're like, well, back to the drawing board, I guess. <laughs> um, because I had some really good mentors that said, hey, if Samantha's not all on board with it, Um, then you're not all on board with it because the Lord is calling you together into this. And so I told Sam, I said, well, why don't you just pray about it? And if the Lord ever puts it on your heart, I mean, five years, 10 years, 15 years, whenever into the future, and ever kind of confirms that, then then we'll have another conversation.
1: Which of course your flesh is like, no, no thanks. I don't need time to pray about it. But then your spirit is like, I should probably not tell my husband I'm not going to at least pray about it. (laughs) So I said I would do that. And, yeah.
0: And then what... You want me to tell all that you? Yeah, players? what yeah. happened in...
1: Six weeks. You? I think it was about six weeks, if I remember correctly, where things totally shifted. So, a couple things happened. Um, I, so, I grew up going to Springs, and uh, my experience there, well, I mean, yeah, it's been like 10 years, I think, of just realizing a lot of things, and unlearning some things, and just realizing that I never was taught some basic things, like how to study the Bible in context and actually understanding, not just like jumping to application of how this is for me today, but actually what was the author trying to say and then applying it to my life. And so there's some key things that I think the last 10 years I've really realized. And so for me, I I just was thinking about Winnipeg, you know, often as I'm just trying to, supposed to be praying about whether we should move back. And so I kept thinking about just my experience at church in Winnipeg and what that looked like over basically my upbringing from like, I'd say eight and up that I was there. Um, and then when I was back home for Christmas, I went to a service. I don't actually remember why I went. I think maybe to see a friend or just to take our kids somewhere. I don't remember, but I went to a service there just to say, okay, it's been like 10 years since I've been there. Maybe things have changed. Um, so I was there and I don't remember who was preaching, but I just remember that basically a huge chunk of the sermon was just affirming, like who you are without really talking about our need for Christ because of our sin. And like sin is something that I feel like was just overlooked a lot. And so literally part of the sermon was saying like, you just need to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself I'm awesome. And I was like, where am I right now? And what am I listening to? I don't understand. Like, where is the gospel in this? <laughs> so that for me was like, okay, this is, you know, I, I know I'm not there every I week. I mean, you but...
0: are awesome.
1: <laughs> thanks. Just thanks, to letting you know. Honey,
0: so, you know, still
1: a sinner and awesome. Well,
0: that's the interesting <laughs> thing about the Bible, right? The Bible doesn't come out and say, Oh, Hey, by the way, you're just a wonderful person. And yeah. that's great. You know, awesome. It's like, Hey, you're a sinner and you need to repent of things. Yeah. And, uh, and then as you do, you are then a saint, but yeah, you know, you're always in need of repentance. So yeah.
1: So just, yeah. Not glossing over all that. So anyway, so that was kind of my snapshot of like. Um, yeah things here are that's what some churches still look and sound like and so that was probably one moment for me of just like softening my heart towards like church planting in Winnipeg and then I went to a Bible study the pastor that Erin was talking about Norm his wife Nicole was leading my Bible study and she doesn't even remember saying this story which is hilarious I've told her this Um, but she was saying how she was speaking at a women's conference in California on a Saturday and the next day she went to their service and she said this was, like, a pretty large church somewhere in California. It's, so like, hundreds of people were driving in, some from far away, to attend this service. And she said that, like, the whole sermon was just completely void of the gospel. There was, like, no meat and sustenance, just, like, sugary candy. Um, and so she was like, wow, like, there's, like, such a hunger here to be fed. All these people are driving in and spending their Sunday here, but they're, they're coming up, you know, hungry and not being fed. And so... That really hit me and, again, just made me think about a lot of the like hunger that I see in Winnipeg for Jesus, for the gospel, um, and yet this kind of like, I don't know, teaching that doesn't go deep, that doesn't really walk you through scripture, that doesn't give you things in context to actually understand God's word um, and just how that plays out, obviously, in the application in people's lives. Mm-hmm. So I felt very burdened <laughs> for Winnipeg. So, yeah, we talked about like that,
0: it's a lot of like encouragement messages. It's like I just want to encourage great. you.
1: And feel good. And, and it's like half truth. It's good. not that everything is an outright lie. And yeah, that's right. obviously, some and there are some great churches here. Obviously, we're not saying that there wasn't any churches here that were great, but just in my experience growing up here, I could see where um yeah, I just wasn't taught the way that I wish I had been, mm. and discipled intimately in the way that I wish I had been. So yeah, I think it was like. Six weeks later, I just remember I was sitting, I was sitting, I don't know why, I was like sitting on the kitchen counter.
0: When i come home from work.
1: You came. You walked in the door, sitting on the counter, and I think all I said to you was, I'm all in. And you're like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it had been six weeks, and we hadn't talked about it at all. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, you need to think about the words that you just like, said. I know. Because that means- I'm all in. I'm going to go talk to our elders, and it may mean that everything changes drastically.
1: Yeah. It was weighty. But also there's there's been a few times in our marriage and ministry where we've had to make very like weighty decisions that really directed what would happen next in our lives. But yet there was so much peace that came with it, even when it felt like the harder choice. Mm. I can think of at least two times where it's like knowing that that is where the Lord is leading. There's also like this lightness there of like, I have peace about this, even though it sounds crazy. And even though every person... <laughs> that was in Vancouver kept asking us, you're moving where? Wait, it's cold there. That's, everyone would just say it's cold there. I'm like, oh my <laughs> goodness, there's more things than just it being cold there. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's
0: wonderful. And uh, it's true. Mm. All right, so when you said that, I said, all right, well, our next step then is to go talk to our elders and to let them know this is kind of what we're thinking and feeling. And So I went and had that same conversation with our elders. I said, hey, this is kind of what I'm feeling and sensing, but... Man, if you guys don't think that this is the will of the Lord for us as a church or right now as a ministry or for me personally, then, you know, we're not going to go. I'm not going to go unless we have like your blessing on that and like that we get sent out by you as a ministry. So whether that's a year from now, whether that's 10 years from now, 40 years from now, whatever, um, I'm just going to leave this with our elders. And if there's ever a point in the future where you think this is a good idea, then we'll do it. And then we didn't hear anything for like nine months, nine or 10 months.
1: I forgot about nothing. That, that was a big wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great. It was ministry and stuff. were yeah. really really like busy yeah. during that time, so it went really fast. But um, yeah, our lead pastor uh, Norm at that time like took me out for for some drinks, and then he's like, "Hey, man, I just wanted to connect with you uh, about Winnipeg," and I was like, "Oh, um, okay." <laughs> he said. Uh, where to end? What would a timeline like that look like? And I was like, oh, uh, and this was uh, November of 2018. And I said, well, ideally, we'd probably want to tell the church like in January and then give people kind of a year and then move at the end of 2019 and then kind of plant our church uh, by September of 2020. And he's like, that sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> and so January 2019... Uh, stepped onto the stage with him uh, at, uh, at Westside and told uh, the first gathering and then the second gathering. And everyone, yeah, was like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we had a couple of vision nights and that kind of stuff over the next couple of months to share a little bit of the vision of what we were hoping God would do um, at the trails. And man, it was nuts. Um, during that time, our lead pastor resigned. Mm-hmm. So in June of 2019, he resigned.
1: After how many years? It's like,
0: uh, I mean, he planted like the church. It was like 14 or 15 years. Out of the blue, it was very wild. Um, through the church, kind of like in a tailspin of like, oh, what's happening? At least leadership. I don't know if anyone else felt that, but we did. And then um, in July of 2019, the missions organization that we were going to work with, c to c they quit doing all stuff um, across Canada. They just went provincially and all their funding dried up like crazy. So we had no funding. (laughs) So we lost our lead pastor, who's our (laughs) biggest supporter. And then we lost all of our funding (laughs) within two months. And I was reading, um, uh, oh, the name of it escapes me at this moment. Uh, I was reading a book about the character and nature of God. And one of them is the self-sufficiency of God. Um, about how God doesn't need missions, organizations, and denominations. And if all of them dried up tomorrow, then God's Mm. will and purposes would still be accomplished because he does not need them because he is God and he doesn't need anyone. Mm. (laughs) And uh, I was reading that and I was like, man, that is so good and so true. Mm. And I was like, all right, Lord, you you knew all this was coming. And so here we are. I had a guy reach out to me from our church that I barely knew. And he said, hey, I want to just ask about Winnipeg. And I was sharing a bit about what was going on and and all of those things that were happening. And he said, well, how much do you guys need maybe for your first, like, to launch and then to be there for, like, your first year and a half or so? And I said, oh, we need about $140,000. And he laughed. And he said, well, I don't have... Hundred and forty thousand to give you, and I laughed. I said, "Well, of course you don't." Uh, just, and just he said, around. He said, "But I, I have something, and I couldn't really hear." He, he mentioned a number, but I couldn't really hear what he said. And uh, I
1: think you couldn't tell if he said fifteen or fifty.
0: You yeah, know. I was like, I didn't know if he said like I've got fifty f- f- for you, and I was like, 15, fifty thousand Is this fifteen dollars? I whatever I said, and so I was like, ah, man, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, then praise God. Um, so I heard back from him a week and a half later and he and his wife wrote a check for (laughs) (laughs) $140,000,
1: which was another moment where you're like, you need to sit down. Oh
0: my goodness. I got an email and I, I remember where I was. We were, um, we were at a coffee shop, uh, with all of our kids and Sam was inside taking one of our kids to the washroom. She came back out and I said, Hey, just I would tell you to sit down, but you're already sitting down. (laughs) This is going to be one of those moments that we remember for the rest of our lives. The Lord has just provided everything that we need to move. And this was in uh, August, late August. So Norm resigned in June. In July, we had no mission support or financial support. August, $140,000. That's crazy. And I was like, this is absolutely insane. And so we kept prepping and then... Uh, We had Nino and Letitia say, hey, we want to move with you. We had another couple uh, as well. They moved with us. And so um, we landed in January. They landed in February. We started Bible studies in February just to begin stuff. What? Oh, no, I
1: just want to say I remember that originally we were going to wait until like May or something like that to move, March or May. Oh, yeah. yeah, And then Norm said, maybe you guys should just look at moving at the beginning of the year, you know, just like starting out there. And have
0: like nine months before we launch. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then we're like, yeah, okay, we should do that. Which looking back, I mean, everyone knows March 2020. Yeah, that's right. That would have been the worst time to move. And instead, by the Lord's providence, we were there January 2020. Yeah, that's right. Time to unpack, time to do all the... You know, and so was Nino and Natasha. The they almost, because yes, he had a job just, and everything
0: that he had to leave behind, and they almost didn't come until May.
1: Yeah, or June. They or June, to wait or something June, like that. And then they came before.
0: Yeah, so they came yeah. in February. Uh, so
1: timing was crazy, too. Yeah, which Very, is nice. And
0: Luke was born yeah. a month later. Yeah, which is crazy. So when, when you guys heard that they had their baby and then they planted a church, that was not the first time that they have moved to a different mm-hmm. province and within, they had a one baby month within a month yeah, they to of, of it having a baby. Now. Um, they're crazy Brazilians. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so January, 2020, we landed February, 2020. We started Bible studies in our house. There were six of us there at that first Bible study and, uh, then COVID hit and that was kind of crazy. Um, thankfully, though, we uh, were always really, really. T- I mean, there's six of us, um, and so when, in when we kind of realized that two weeks of flatten the curve was turning into something else, um, we just started hanging out <laughs> <Still two laughs> with weeks. other people anyway. Uh, and then, thankfully, in May, you could have 25 people inside of your house. Yeah, which seems crazy looking back at everything they ended up doing, but. And so we started gathering uh, in our house for worship gatherings on Sundays, uh, beginning of May. And we immediately almost had 25 people because nobody could go to church anywhere. Uh, And then we had like around 40, 45 in June. And then uh, we launched in September at the community center, um, right actually near where we meet uh, in Southdale, uh, at the Southdale community center. That's like, man, if you're, if you're Uncle Rico, you could throw a rock <laughs> and hit the community center. It's um, a deep cut right there, deep cut. Uh, and, uh, man, we, we, were there to, we were there getting ready. We were there for like a month mm-hmm. getting ready for our launch, our public gatherings, and then we had them. Now, I want to know what you remember <laughs> about getting ready for that day, and what do you remember about that day?
1: getting ready for the day. Honestly, I just remember being very pregnant. That's all I really remember. You were very pregnant. So this pregnant. was September and I had our daughter in November. So two months out. And your
0: seven months pregnant. you
1: know, the only thing I remember about that day. I, I, missed I don't, what
0: do you, what do you remember funny, about that day, funny. Samantha?
1: Okay. So I missed the whole service.
0: She missed the whole thing. This
1: is what happened. The whole thing. So, Which is kind one of, of my <laughs> children, who will remain nameless for his own...
0: <laughs> Posterity. <laughs>
1: yes. <clears throat> needed to go to the bathroom. And they needed help, although they, did, they thought they didn't need help, so what they did was they locked Classic. the door on me Classic. in the stall. And then they said, I need your help, but I can't reach the door to unlock it. And I'm like, buddy, I told you not to lock the door. Okay, well... I gotta figure this out. Church is starting. Service is starting in like five minutes. This is our
0: launch Sunday. Get out of the bathroom Sunday.
1: So I, in my superhero mom brain, that was very short-sighted, thought, you know what? I can just go and stall next to him, step on top of the toilet seat, and jump over. Even though, as I said, I am seven months pregnant.
0: Seven months.
1: (laughs) So I was pretty proud of myself. I got one leg up over. I I was about to just jump down and I was like, wow, like he must be looking up at me like, look at that. Look at my mom. She's like, super mom. How is she doing this? And literally right as I go to jump down and have two feet on the floor. Pride comes
0: before fall. Yep.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) My right arm comes swinging down behind me. And what I don't see is that there is a purse hook on the back of the door.
0: Now, gentlemen, I didn't know hooks were a thing
1: because <laughs> yeah, they don't, maybe don't maybe exist don't in even. the men's washroom. It's a little room. hook behind the door, so you can put your purse on it, and it's metal, and it hurts when you <laughs> jump and hit your wrist on it. So basically, I'm I'm literally looking at the scar. I still have a scar. I hit my arm into it so hard that it left like the square, like the shape of the end of it, left the mark in my wrist, and then it just was like filling with blood, and I. Don't get too queasy that easily, but this was enough that I was like, I am nauseous. Also, I'm pregnant. So I ended up leaving the service. Uh, I had my parents come get me, and I was going to go to a walk-in clinic. Long story short, I didn't do that because they were like, what's the point? They're not really going to do much for it. But I, I mean, maybe it would have saved me from having scar. I don't know. I did not want to wait. Plus, it was COVID times. Nobody wants to wait in a waiting room for like three mm-hmm. hours. Long story short, I have a scar to always remember... Our launch Sunday. That's right. I will never right forget. Right there it. on your wrist. Yeah, and then I have a small tattoo on our on my foot that reminds me of our our forest season. So there are lots of marks <laughs> on my body.
0: <laughs> All I to really remember about that day is well, I remember you,
1: your blood. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Uh, that was that was. I remember that for sure. Um, I remember. Uh, I remember being in the community center and like looking around and thinking, this is wild that we're here. And with everything going on in the world, like that God has called us to plant a church at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, logistically, our TVs weren't working at all, (laughs)
1: like
0: two minutes beforehand. And I was like, ah, it was just like a (laughs) church plant thing. Uh, We've had that happen a couple of times um, in the last two years. We were just like, all of a sudden, your cord that was working for forever isn't working. And you're like, (laughs) what is happening? Or things like that. But I remember that wasn't working. And um, man, I just remember how excited I was, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, I led worship that Sunday, and Nino preached. Yeah, that's right. So Nino preached our very first uh, public gathering. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brought a good word. And uh, then we broke everything down and ended up leaving. And then a couple of months later, it was more intense COVID stuff, which led to us meeting in our basement for a couple of months. And then us meeting in Willow Lake for a couple of months. And then us meeting in a forest for a couple of months. And man, it has been a crazy ride. Yeah. So what do you think for you has been in the last... 4 years the year prepping and then and then being here what do you think god has taught you the most about himself
1: hmm. in this time oh the most about himself that's a good question i would say just like his sovereignty in the sense that everything that seemed like it was the perfectly wrong time like to plant a church <laughs> 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 and i remember like if i can just flash back to the first time it wasn't our launch Sunday but we still had the gatherings before and I remember the first time that you like preached over Zoom during that first little month which I did once yeah once and, and I, was I just like, remember I'm never doing this again. I'll never forget it I remember sitting on the I'm always on the kitchen <laughs> counter apparently I was sitting on the kitchen counter watching you preach to your phone or your computer or whatever and I was like is this lord is this what we moved back here for like this is so bizarre and then you know like there's nobody to talk to or fellowship with after you just press end on the call And I just remember being like so confused. like, Lord, why did you bring us back here and at this time? So, I think there's been a lot of moments where I've just seen that like his timing is really perfect and we don't always see it in the moment. And sometimes we never even understand and see why. But I feel like there's been some glimpses into like looking back where I can't actually see, oh, wow, Lord, I can see the things that you were working and doing that I didn't understand at the time. Um, And then obviously the whole COVID season was just like a ton of trusting the Lord and just. yeah, giving like fears and worries to him about just every week was, you know, all over again, just the fears and stresses of that time. So trust and rest in him that he had us. And like, even if like the worst case scenarios happen, I would always play those out. i like, my husband
0: goes to jail. Yeah,
1: that was my weekly. That was, that was like every <laughs> Saturday night it was like, it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> um, and yet the Lord just like really carried me through that time and, and helped me to trust him and And like other, you know, wives at church, like Judith was really instrumental in that. Mm. There was just so many times where she's like, the Lord, he just knows. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just rest and trust. And even at the beginning of COVID, like when I was actually still like, you know, as we all were, didn't know what was going on. I was like fearful of just death. Even that time, I got to a point where I wasn't just not fearful because of, you know, I did, it didn't seem as severe as, a, as, a, as everyone thought. But even when I thought it could be, I just remember thinking, the Lord still knows the day I'm going to die. and He knows the day that my kids are going to die and that Aaron's going to die. And I can just trust him even in that. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like And statistics. that day has already been written. Yeah.
0: So he already knows how I'm going to die, when I'm going to die, exactly. how I'm going to die. So
1: it wasn't even like hope in statistics or like, oh, yeah. it doesn't seem like young people are dying or whatever. It wasn't even hope in that. I think the Lord got me to the place of trusting him even before that to mm-hmm. be like, even if this happens to one of us, like he knows and he's got us, or even if you go to jail, he's going to sustain you through that time. And then watching other sisters like Aaron Coates walk through that and yeah. seeing yeah, what the Lord did in their lives, then yeah, just my trust in him come with me really grew. So, yeah,
0: that would be my answer. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about, if I think about what the Lord has done in the life of our church is, I don't know if you feel this way, I feel that this is the kind of church that I always hoped Mm -hmm. I would be a part of. Mm -hmm. Like when we're walking through sorrow, like, Mm -hmm. like when we had our miscarriage and lost our daughter, that our church just like loved yeah. us and served us and supported us and prayed for us with that. And yeah. the way I've seen people taking care of one another, taking meals, cleaning yards,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, just so many things that they've just given themselves to serve. And even seeing like the over thirty-one grand that we were able to raise and send mm-hmm. with Knox, the men and women who are moving to go <laughs> plant a church in a different place. So many. Like I've never That's heard most of. Most ch- I've ever seen. I've never That's heard of crazy. a church in Canada sending twenty people to go plant a church somewhere. Like I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's cool that the Lord is doing something really special in the life of our church. I think sometimes we can miss the forest for the trees. Yeah. See what I did there? It's like forest season reminder. Um, I think we miss the forest for the trees, but I think there's just so much goodness and God's grace and kindness in it. Mm. And if I think about the people of our church, I just think about a lot of the risk-taking
1: mm.
0: and uh, Bible-loving.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, these people sat through sermons in the book of <laughs> Exodus that were like an hour and five minutes long <laughs> on like things to do with the tabernacle uh and you're like man these people must really love the bible (laughs) um and really trust in its power more than you know in you know glitz and glam and flashiness and you know things like that and so i think i'm just really impressed with the way that the lord has worked in the lives of our people a love for his word a love for one another that is seen through how they actively love one another and then just their risk taking and their incredible generosity mm-hmm. that just blows me away and makes me really thankful to be part of this church. And uh, you know, I think when we when we moved here, that desire of like, man, if we're not going to be a church that's equipping people, sending people, training people, teaching God's word, standing faithful on these things in the midst of turbulent times, then like, I'd rather be in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet the Lord has just been so faithful and uh I'm just so honored to meant to be a part of this ministry and, and to have seen the last three years. Cause it's crazy. Yeah. Next question. Mm. Do you think I'm gonna cry at all tomorrow? Of
1: course. <laughs> I feel like everyone who's uh, been around will say
0: that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I might just be too excited. That's
1: true. Your excitement might take over. But I might be too excited. We're not setting someone off tomorrow. Yeah, that's But right. if we were, then, oh my yeah. word, it would be double the emotion.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> hmm. All right, well, any last words?
1: No, I don't think so. I'm just really excited. I'm excited to gather tomorrow and celebrate. Yeah.
0: Are you going to go on a bouncy castle?
1: You know, if Summer really wants me to. She will. <laughs> Uh, then yes
0: that's awesome what about the Super Mario bouncer Are you gonna go on oh, that Oh, I
1: didn't know there was a Super there Mario one. Is well then yes victory <laughs>
0: victory alright well thanks for tuning in to this special episode of Base Camp and uh, for walking down memory lane, memory lane with Samantha and I <laughs> little trip down memory lane with the so Boswells so we're sitting on our couch eating smart sweets <laughs> and uh, just chatting so this has been fun anyway we, we wanted to do this personally, just for us, I wanted to have a time where we just remembered what the Lord did in our lives. And I was like, man, we should just record that just to share it with other folks in our church. So anyway, thankful for you guys. Love you and can't wait to celebrate with you tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Bye.